This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. I hope I say your name right. Jessica Jones, welcome to the show. You got it. Yay. Excellent. I, you know, I don't know how you how you handled that one, but excellent. You know, I've had uh, nearly 500 guests on this show, and I get so excited when I have someone with a very simple name. Although, I will share this with the audience, that when I was three years old, I went to nursery school or something like that. The only word I could say and spell is Mark Struchowski. I thought my teachers were stupid. I'm like, well, you can't spell Struchowski? I'm three years old. But I couldn't spell or say anything else, which is amazing. So I appreciate the simple names, and I, I appreciate the complicated names. I once... um we all just started cracking up. We we were gathered together and a friend was ordering food and we heard him say, Ed, um, Ed, E D. Oh I mean, it doesn't get much more simple than that, but we will. I mean, it's just, we all just cracked up. Do you remember, did you ever watch Sesame Street when you were younger? Absolutely. It's like up cup. It's like, yes. So I do that once in a while. It's Mark. Mark. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That takes me way back. Okay, Jessica, before we get started, who in the world are you? I mean, we know your name is Jessica Jones, but what do you yes. do in the world? So uh, I help businesses and entrepreneurs get started and scale. And largely, I work with doctors because I have a history of helping many doctors open a cash medical practice and became the business partner they needed. They had the medical expertise, but nobody ever told them all of the basics of getting their business going and bringing patients in, and then what to do when patients come in to actually work with them in a way that is profitable. What um, does what do you mean by cash medical business? Um, you know, there's there are so many things that aren't covered by insurance, or there's so many um, unique conditions that people have that just are not part of the way that uh, medicine is practiced. So it can be anything from reversing diabetes instead of for, so for people with type two diabetes, that's a reversible condition. Um, you don't get that when you go to the doctor. You get insulin and and all of the medications to continue to manage the diabetes, uh, but you don't get the steps you can take to reverse it. So when um, you say cash medical practice, you mean no one's don't they don't take insurance? Yep, exactly. No. I, I think that's going to be a growing trend now. Uh, I want to get to a point in my my journey, my entrepreneur journey, where I can self insure, like a lot of the very wealthy people are, because. As Dave Ramsey says, cash is king. You walk in there and they go, well, it's a hundred bucks. I'm like, how about if I give you cash right now? So you don't have to do any merchant fees. So the credit card, no insurance paperwork. And some doctors don't get this. Some doctors are like, no, I'm still going to charge a regular fee. I'm like, why? You make more money off of me because I'm giving you cash. And, but I am seeing more people across the country doing, I don't want to deal with the insurance company because they get paid, what, 90, 120, 150 days, 360 days? What are you going to get paid with an insurance company? Someone walks in there and gives you cash. That's money you can put in the bank right away. So, Well, it's not only that. The system's broken. You know, more than half of medical practitioners are really frustrated. They're in these kind of golden handcuffs, and they're brilliant, and they have something to offer, and they're passionate about helping people. So um, if they have a niche, a niche that isn't um, – covered by insurance, they can take control and they can actually build relationships with people, help people resolve issues. Like I have a son with ADHD. There's like, it's either Medicaid or we can't help you. Yes. 
That's but a that's so a subject, many. <laughs> yeah, that's a subject for a whole new podcast because oh, yeah. uh, I went to the doctor because uh, my wife and I don't have insurance because we can't afford it at this point. And we went to the doctor and he said, well, your blood pressure is a little high. I mean, it's a little high. Like normal blood pressure is like below 120 over 80. Mine was like 125 over 82. And he goes, we put you on medicine. I'm like, no, why is, why is that the first thing, medicine? And yeah, I went back to check on Google and the American Heart Association says, number one thing you could do to lower blood pressure is lose weight. Not take a yes. pill. And so I, I'm like, I, I think there's a place for drugs, but I don't think drugs should be the first thing we should go to. Yeah. And it's, it's not their fault. It's, it's, they're held to a protocol yes. by their administration, yes. by the insurance companies. And they're not, it's not what they want to do either, but it's what they're bound to do. Doctors, they're also bound to get you in and get you out. Yeah, I don't know a single doctor that got to be a, in medicine because they wanted to make money. They want to help people. That's what doctors yeah. do. They don't yeah. like to deal with insurance companies. They just want to help patients get better. So this yeah. is not a medical podcast. Yeah, no, I just, no, no. when you said cash medical practice, I was like, Oh, I got to ask her about that. So one of the things you're really passionate about, that you said you wanted to talk about is a hundred problems a day. That's what I uh, labeled this episode because uh, folks, I'm going to let her explain to you what this means. But when she told me about this on the pre-interview call we had a couple months ago, I was really intrigued because, well, go ahead and tell me, tell us what the hundred problems a day thing is from you is. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we all have heard that kind of conversation where if you walked into a room and a round table and put all your problems on the table, and everyone put their problems on the table. You wouldn't trade your problems with anyone else. You'd want to take all your problems out with you. But the reality is we all have a hundred problems a day. At least. <laughs> you know, well, actually it's, I would argue that it's a hundred problems, but it's what you consider a problem that defines you. So, you know, I, I know that we talked about this a couple of months ago, you know, if you you hitting a red light on your 10 minute commute to work is a is considered a problem, you need to start focusing on some bigger things like that shouldn't be something that's taking your energy and focus. It's just something that's happening. It's going to happen. You're going to get a red light here and there and you're going to just keep going, you know. Um, and I know, you know. Fan, it, it, when I say 100 problems a day, this is your whole day. This just isn't just your business. But if you're going to be a leader and you're getting stumped on the little things and it's aggravating you, I don't think you're going to build a company that people are going to feel confident in your leadership because they're looking at you and they're learning how what is what you what you consider to be a problem isn't just defining your day it's defining everyone around you same thing as a parent if you're you know getting crazy over the little things your kids are learning to get crazy over the little things instead of stopping and thinking and saying wait a minute does this warrant my time and attention right now or is this something that i can just do and keep going and a bump in the road. Yeah. You said something very interesting. You talk about problems taking energy. Uh, let's say you're running late for a meeting and you do hit that proverbial red light and you get all frustrated and then you pull into the parking lot and you can't find a closed parking spot and you had to fart way out in the boondocks. And now you're, you're so angry because you had the red light, you had the parking, then you get out of the, your vehicle, you step in a puddle and now it's really starting to rain and you're getting wet and all these problems start, you're getting worse and worse. How do you think you're going to show up for that meeting? 
Yeah, no doubt about it. You're going to be like breathing heavy. You're not going to be in a good energy space. Yep. You're not going to be calm and, and you're not going to be present. Yep. Quite frankly, if you're sitting around thinking of all of the challenges you hit on the way to the meeting, <laughs> how are you going to sit and listen to what you're supposed to be listening yes. to? You know, from the same, you know, mentor where I kind of learned this theory, I was so lucky. I got to participate in a leadership roundtable in my 20s because I was a, you know, a, a C-level executive at a very young age. And um, he also said, when you're listening to somebody, focus on them like a child watching a screen. Mm. And if you can visualize that, I, you know what that looks like. Yeah. I mean, it looks like, hopefully it looks like the way I'm looking at you, right? Like, right. okay, when you're talking, I want my mind empty I want to be listening to you. Even if I'm thinking of what I'm going to say, that's not listening to you. You literally need to clear exactly. your Exactly. And the problem we live in 2021 is we have these smartphones and so many people are trying to hold a conversation while they're on a smartphone. Now, I will, I will do one of two things. If you're on a smartphone, if we're talking and you pull out your smartphone, one, I'll stop talking and I'll wait for 10 minutes or uh, 10 minutes, about five or 10 seconds. Mm -hmm. And if you keep like texting, I'm like, I'll try to get your attention and then I'll walk away. Another thing I do, if I know the person, I'll start saying, yeah, so on the way here, I just, you know, I killed a couple of people and buried their bodies and they're going, oh, cool. Uh-huh. They're not even listening, you know, and, and and I think it's rude. You know, listen, technology is great. I think technology is, is a godsend for this world. I mean, I can run my business from my iPhone, but when you're talking to someone, you need to look them in the eyes. And one of the difficult, like the listener doesn't know this, but Right now we're doing a uh, we're doing an audio only podcast, but we see each other. Unfortunately, right now I'm not looking at Jessica. I'm looking at that camera because if I looked at Jessica, it looks like I'm looking down at my computer. So I wish they could have a little screen. This is a little tip for Apple or whoever makes laptops. Put a little picture right next to the camera so it looks more natural. Because right now I'm not I'm looking. She thinks I'm looking at her, but I'm not really looking at her. I'm looking at my camera, which is really weird. So it's not eye to eye contact. But when you're in the presence with somebody whether in a meeting or one-on-one, -on -one, look them in the eye, give them your 100% attention. One of the people I know did this really well was President Bill Clinton. When he talked to you, you thought that he, he thought you were the most important person, the only person in the entire world. You need to have that kind of focus. By the way, that focus is really rare because you know, Jessica, people are like, they're talking, you're like, Ooh, oh, I got to meet them. And they're like, they're, they're, yeah, they're like, yeah, yeah, whatever to you, but they want to go see the other person. Be fully present. And I think we've lost that in this day and age. Hey there, it's Mark. And I want to invite you to become a Mark Stucheski insider and get the top five productivity tips for entrepreneurs absolutely free. It all happens over at MrProductivity.com. Well, you know, we, we talked about ADHD. And again, that's a problem for another age. But the reality is we have we all have technology onset ADHD. You may not have ADHD. But if you hear if you hear a ding in your condition <laughs> to immediately look, I mean, I have all my notifications off because you know you need to set up your time. Yes, you need to control your time and not let your devices control your time. Yes, <laughs> it's just it takes practice. I'm not sitting here saying, oh, you know, this is easy stuff. It's not. Mm. Um, but you know what? The other thing is, you know, you're again, you're modeling your behavior. So the people working with you, the people around you, your friends, your children, everyone takes cues from how you're responding. And 
if you don't want somebody texting while while you're talking, don't text while they're talking. Yeah. Because the minute you do, you're saying, you know what? It's okay to do that because yes. you're not as important to me as this text that's coming in. Yes. And the only exception I would say is if you ask permission, say, hey, listen, you just gave me a great idea. Do you mind if I make a note in my phone? That's all I'm going to do. I'm not going to check Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn. I'm going to go there and make the note. Then what you're telling them, say, okay, listen, I just want to capture this thought, but don't just pull out your phone. The other thing about notifications, I tell people, look at 99% of the time you can turn off, not notifications, disable the sound. Okay. So I have several notifications come to my phone. Okay. But I have the sound turned off. So if I'm not looking at my phone, I don't know I have a notification. So I don't know about Android, but on an iPhone, probably the same thing in Android, you can go through and you can say, I want notifications in the lock screen or just notification center, or I, I want the sound. Sound is what really messes people up. If your phone is on mute and it's flipped upside down and your sound for each notification is turned off and oh, vibration mode, disable that. You get a notification. You don't know you got a notification, but I think people, we live in a world of FOMO. They're afraid they're going to miss something. They've got to get that text as soon as it comes in, or they got to get that Facebook message as soon as it comes in. You don't, you just, like you said, compartmentalize. You could check that later and then that way you can be fully focused, but we are so distracted. I love how you said technology, would you, how'd you say it? Technology onset, uh, ADHD, everything is like. We got, you know, everything's buzzing, dinging and swooshing, and we can't get focused that way. Yeah, no. And, you know, say, similarly, you know, I notice on Zoom calls, ha, I, you know, you hear this. <laughs> now, here's the deal, people. You know, if you, similarly to what you said, you know, if, some, if somebody calls me or, or a meeting starting and I'm, and I'm in the middle of an me- email, I say, Hey, I'm just finishing up an email. Let me just finish this up. Take me this much time and then let's get started. Because as long as I'm typing, I shouldn't be on that. I shouldn't be on that Zoom call because uh, I'm not gaining it. I'm not participating in it. I'm not giving it my attention and I'm not giving the person the respect they deserve. Yeah. You know, but we're so conditioned to multitask. But here's the ugly truth. <laughs> We all think we're awesome multitaskers, <laughs> but if you're doing 10 things, then everything's getting about 10% of your attention. Yes. And not to mention neuroscience has shown that you cannot, the brain cannot do more than one thing at a time. So what you're doing is you're rapidly switching between tasks. And to your point, the more you do, so let's say you're doing one task. It's not a hundred percent because you're probably got a, a cat meowing outside or the garbage truck go by. So let's say on best case, you're 85, 90% focused. Now you got someone talking in the other room. Now it goes down to say 80%. Now you look at your phone. Now it goes down to 40%. We don't know the exact efficiency numbers. Okay. The point is the more you try to do, the, the worse off it's going to be. Attention is so valuable today. And I think you can show a lot of respect to people if you give them your full attention. So going back to my example in the beginning, you hit the red light, you hit a park far away from the office door, it step, you step in the puddle, start raining. What, even if you're running late, what I encourage you to do is go to the restroom, you know, compose yourself, do some deep breathing and, and calm down. Don't run into the room. And number one, you're going to run in the meeting. You're going to disrupt everybody because here you are, you're late. They already started the meeting. So compose yeah. yourself and then 
wait outside the meeting room until you see it and when you th- sense the break in the action and walk in quietly. I think if you did that, then you're able to more focus. But what a lot of people do, they're already late to this charging like a bull in a china shop. And not only are you out of not present now, now you've interrupted the entire meeting. Yeah. And they're, you know, usually breathing heavy. Yep. They're like, oh, this person just came running in. Clearly they're exercising to get here and they're sweating. Now they're sweating. Now they're catching their breath. And you're sitting next to 100%, them. <laughs> 100%. Take take a deep breath. Get yourself in the, in the right space to not, because you're right, the disruption is crazy. You know, I love, um, you know, for someone who hasn't seen the movie up, there's this movie up and every time a squirrel goes by, the dog can be in deep conversation than just squirrel, you know. We have a lot of squirrels in our day. Yes. We really do. Every ding, every email, every phone call, every time, especially being at home right now and you're with your spouse, every time your spouse goes, you know, uh, like a deep breath like that, you're like, okay, what is this? And, you know, not not for nothing. My family's so sick of it, but I'm like, what's what's that for? (laughs) Okay. That's not going to be one of our hundred problems today, right? Yes, I love that. That is that is so awesome because you said something earlier in the show that is this really a problem? Is a red light really a problem? Now you say, Mark, I'm, I'm late. Uh, why did you leave late? You know how long it took you to get the meeting. And if it if Apple Maps or Google Maps says twenty minutes make it thirty five, allow yourself room. So I think a lot of these problems you can blame on yourself. I mean, okay, if maybe the rainstorm wouldn't have gotten you wet if you would have left on time. And see, mm-hmm. I love how you phrase that. Is this really a problem? Or is this something you created yourself? I mean, it's probably still a problem, but I think it got worse because of your lack of attention for, I don't know how to really say that elegantly. Well, a, a long time ago, to your point, there was a, a particular uh, salesperson on my team who was late every single time. And every single time there was this huge, you know, huge excuse. And the more he spoke, the more I thought, what's going on with this guy? You know, it, 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 the more it came out of his mouth, the more I thought he's making up all these excuses. They're not real. He just needs to get into his car 15 (laughs) minutes earlier. It's a consistent problem. You know, once you, you can run into a serious situation and, We'll all see that today on Waze and Google and the mapping systems that we have. But for the most part, you're right. You're you're really deciding to make that a problem by not giving yourself the padding you need and the time to get where you're going. And I, I want to I want to put a challenge out to the listener. Uh, what I want you to do is I want you to carry a notebook, or you could do it on your phone, I guess. Although I don't recommend it because you have all those bells and whistles. What I encourage you to do is every time you run into a problem, teeny, small, big, large. I want you to write it down. I want you to see how many problems you're actually dealing with. And then what I want you to do next to every problem, I want you to write down, was this a tiny problem? Was this even a problem? Was this a small problem? Because I think actually seeing it in their own handwriting is going to make it real. Because I think a lot of us, our brain protects ourselves. Oh, no, I'm just going to ignore these problems. I'm I'm just going to forget about them. But they're real. And I think if people do that exercise, even for one hour, how many problems do you deal with one hour? You know, your computer didn't boot up fast enough. The internet didn't connect fast enough. Uh, your call dropped. I mean, you can come up with a list really quickly, but then how many of these are really 
life-changing, earth-shattering problems. Right. And the other thing is, you know, what you ultimately want to get to is that you're really focusing on the the high level, especially, you know, no matter where you are in your life, if you're a business owner, if you're, you know, an employee, if you're a parent, what are the things that are going to use, that are going to require the the most intellect for you to really focus on and use your brain? Those are the high level challenges you want to work on because it's also, it's, it's, it's what you need to be doing to stay sharp and to keep moving forward and to notice the things that are really a problem that you can make a change that's going to improve your company, your life, your family, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's how you're going to become a better person, a better leader, a better business owner, all of it comes down to that. Hey, I now have an affiliate program where you can earn up to 30% commission just for referring people to my paid program. To find out more, go to mrproductivity.com, scroll to the bottom of the page and click the link. I remember another lifetime. We're going way back. Oh my goodness. I'm 55 now. I must have been in my early 20s. I was a an EMT on a local ambulance up in Rochester, New York, uh, one of the suburbs. And we, I remember we went to this really bad accident, right? I mean, there was carnage everywhere. It was a horrible accident, but we had a paramedic there that was cool as a cucumber. I mean, because what you mentioned earlier, he's the leader of the scene. And if he's freaked out about all these victims, then everyone else can get freaked out. And I remember he sent me to the ambulance to get something. And I, I, I was like relatively new. I didn't know where it was. He didn't say, go find it. You should know where it is. He says, okay, it's in the ambulance. It's the second board. But he told me exactly where it was. Very calm voice. And I and I felt a lot more confident that because whether you're a paramedic or you're a leader in a company, if you're a leader, you already said this several times in the show, Jessica, people are watching you. And if you're calm, they're calm. If you're freaking out, they're freaking out. And I, I think it's got to start from the top. You can't ask the front end li- front end line workers to be confident or calm when the leadership isn't. And so a plea to all leaders, just remember that they're watching what you're doing, your tone, what you're saying, and that all comes down. So if you want calm people, you better be calm yourself. That's exactly right. And it, it it's as subtle as you said, as like your voice escalating. Yep. You know, um, people used to joke around because uh, one person who knew me very well said, I think the more concerned you are, the lower your tone gets and the and the slower you speak. <laughs> <laughs> but not everybody picked up on that, but it's absolutely true because I would it was it was my tell. Well, I it was speaking of towels, what I try to do is it's very hard for me because if you come at me really aggressively, I want to like just go right back at you. But what I try to do, if the other person is freaking out, I try to be really calm because I've done enough research because I'm an avid reader and I love reading about personal development. They say if the best way, the quickest way to de-escalate is for you to be calm and just let them vent and then talk to them in a calm voice. It's worked a lot in my life. Uh, the other day, my wife got rear-ended uh, driving to work. It wasn't her fault, but she stayed calm. The other guy stayed calm. She came home and I was calm because what would it have served 
because the guy rear-ended her. Uh, she was at a stoplight. She was just accelerating. The guy misjudged. Maybe he was on his phone. Who knows? Uh, thought she was going faster than he was, and she had a, he had a big truck and hit the back of her. Okay, but getting angry, you have insurance. You gained insurance information. Nobody was hurt. I mean, this is the way it was. But some people, we've all seen the videos on YouTube where there's like a fender bender and people out there punching each other in the face. I'm like, what? What does that solve? That doesn't serve anything. Okay, let's make sure we're okay. I'm sure no one did it intentionally, but so many people, because I think we're on edge because of COVID and the elections and all the things going on in the world, we're so on edge that the, the, the least little thing sets us off. And I'm like, got to calm down. And if, if the other person's not calming down, listener, you'd be the one to calm down and see how that drastically changes the situation. Yeah, 100%. I mean, not, not nothing as significant as what you're talking about, but- um, you know, I shouldn't be driving like this, but I was driving with my, uh, arm against the wheel and at a stop sign, the, the horn beeped total accident. But the person in front of me, I could see visibly start to open their car door. Like what? And I was like, and I just rolled my window down. I'm like, it was an accident. I wasn't beeping oh at you. I'm sorry. <laughs> but all I could think was, oh my gosh, how tightly wound is he but I don't know what was going on in his day and yeah. I'm not I'm not judging it but I do think we jump to a lot of conclusions yes. and we are very quick quick to fly off the handle. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> and and the other thing that's important that you make note of is we're in control of that. Mm-hmm. You know, there is absolutely 100% capability for us to take a deep breath and say <clears throat> What does it matter? If whether I was beeping at that person or it was an accident, is it really worth becoming one of my hundred problems? Yes. No. I think it was uh, <laughs> Eleanor Roosevelt that said something along the line. I can't remember the exact quote. That people can't make you feel a certain way. You you choose. That's right. I don't remember the yes. quote is, but it's genius. Yes. People can't make you it's angry. One of my favorite quote. Yeah. They can't make you happy. Yeah. You choose. So if something happens, you choose how you're going to react to it. That's exactly right. Only you can make you feel any any certain way. That is, I love that quote. I feel the urge to it's sing. It's not the, the exact quote. I, I feel the urge to sing only you, but I'm not going to because I can't carry a note <laughs> to my mother. Um, but well, listen, we talked a lot today. and gave people a lot of stuff to do. And listener, don't forget, you it's not against law. You can re-listen to this episode, but just take one thing that Jessica talked about, go implement it, and watch your life change for the better. Now we're going to do something that I love to do. It's called Mike Swap. This is the opportunity where I get allow my guests to be a temporary host of the show. I have no idea what question Jessica is going to ask me. Some of my guests have stumped me, and I have to say I don't know. Um, Sometimes they ask me questions that are really fun. So I don't know what you're going to ask, Jessica, but you said you're game for this. So you are the host temporarily for of the Mark Strzeski podcast. I am so excited. Uh, My name is... Is easy to pronounce, Jessica Jones, Mark Struchowski. Close. Correct. Close. Uh, <laughs> and no matter how many times I hear it, because I'm a listener, I'm a subscriber. Anyway, um, you know, how would you implement this 100 problems a day theory in your life? What are you going to do today and tomorrow that could help your days go better? I think the best thing I need to do, the biggest impact on my life is to, when something upsets me, 
to avoid reacting immediately. Okay. I have a, a really bad habit of reacting immediately. And if I just like, I've heard it count to 10, you know, take a walk, you know, walk for a couple minutes, do jumping jacks, do something, but just pausing because maybe I misunderstood the person. Maybe like you mentioned on the show, maybe they had a bad day. Like this is the story I talk about all the time. Someone cuts you off in traffic and you think that they got up that morning with the intention of cutting you off. But maybe their child just got rushed to the emergency room from high sc- from school. We assume that they're out to get there. They went out to get you. Okay? They didn't even know you exist. Okay. But if we just take a second and say, okay, maybe I am misreading this situation. Take responsibility, take accountability and say, let me take just a second. Let me re- rerun what they just said. Like, oh, they know, wait a minute. They don't normally talk to me this way. Hmm. Maybe something's going on. It, just take that one or two or three seconds to stop. I think that will make change my life tremendously because I'm, a, I'm one of those knee jerk reaction guys. Yeah, I love it. And it would change your life. You know, if you, and it takes work, none of this is this, all of this stuff takes work. It's like every single day, even the, the best experts in everything, you name it, productivity, leadership, uh, conflict management, every single day, every hour of the day, they have to take a pause and work on those skills. Um, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't just come easy and it doesn't just, once you learn a skill, it doesn't just remain unless you practice it. If only right. Like running, like running, like, like any sport, like any activity that isn't muscle memory, you got to make it muscle memory. It'd be nice if you could just do something once and it would stick. But unfortunately that's not the way a human brain works. (laughs) It's very true. It'd be great if we could, uh, you know, eat whatever we wanted and not balance it with exercise. I would like that, you know? Um, (laughs) yes. Well, one question I'm going to ask God when I get to heaven is like, okay, I I know you're God, but you should have made the cauliflower and the broccoli bad for us and the ice cream good for us. I think you got that mixed up. Um, he'll just roll his eyes at me, but you know, I'm just like, I want to be able to eat ice cream every day, all day and have it be nutritious. I think if that was the truth, everyone would be so fit. We'd be all be fit. Oh, you're (laughs) eating kale. Oh, you're going to get so fat. doesn't happen. (laughs) Do you have another question or is that just the one? Um, you know, I'm going to say, um, yeah. What, what would you have me do in my life today? That would make my life better. Are you familiar with micro breaks? Uh, I am, but I would love to get better at implementing them. So micro breaks for the benefit of the listener are breaks you take whenever you're feeling overwhelmed, stress, whatever you get up. It's four ways, four things you have to do. One, get up from wherever you are, but you have to get up from wherever you are. Physically walk someplace else. Quiet. You're not going to be on your phone. You're not going to think about what you're working on, what you did work on, what you had to do in the next few minutes. You just close your eyes and do some deep breaths. Could take two or three minutes. Okay. I've told people to do this when they're almost at the finish line and they're stressed and they're overwhelmed. I'm like, but I can see the finish line. I'm like, go take a micro break. And then instead of crawling over the finish line, you fly past it. And not one person's ever done this and said it didn't work. So take more micro breaks whenever you feel like you're stressed. And I'll be honest with you, Jessica, I don't do this nearly as enough as I should. I preach it, but I forget about it. It goes back to the knee jerk reaction I just talked about. So I encourage everyone 
to do micro breaks and there's no chemicals involved, do one a day, 50 a day, whenever you need them, whenever you feel that stress, you have to get up and move because you need to get the blood flowing. So that's what I recommend you. So great questions, by the way. Final question I have for you is yeah. where can we go to find out more about you and what you're doing in the world? Yeah, well, you know, we talked a lot about general general tips and general advice uh, today, and I love all the tips that you gave uh, to the audience. Um, you know, taking a notebook, writing things down, trying to figure out where you can implement this. But if you're struggling and you want to implement some change, uh, you can go to pivot uh, dot backslash connect and book a free personalized implementation call with me. I'd love to connect with your audience. And uh, you can find me at pivottogrowth.com. Excellent. Well, Jessica, with a very easy name, thank you so much for being on the show today. It was an absolute thrill having you on. Thank you so much. My, my joy. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stuchowski Podcast. I really hope it served you well today. Now head on over to my website, mrproductivity.com. Sign up to be a free Mark Stuchowski Insider. Get my top five productivity tips for entrepreneurs. Absolutely free. It's my gift to you. And until tomorrow, my friend, go be productive.